0: Hello and welcome to A Monkey On Your Back, circus and music podcast. I am your host, Miss Radida, and you are listening to episode 12. In this episode, I present to you part two of my recent interview with Bristol-based multidisciplinarian, Ches Dunford. She's a theatre maker, clown, musician, performance artist, acrobat and aerialist. If you haven't already, I do suggest going back to episode 11 and listening to the first half of the interview. Chez is part of a clowning and improvisation group led by clownotherapy teacher and director Holly Stoppett, called Beyond the Ridiculous, who have a new show online this week that airs live at 8pm Saturday, 10th of October. You can purchase a ticket at thewardrobetheatre.com. There is a sliding scale on ticket prices, so if you are struggling for money, please do get in touch with them directly, and I believe they will help you out. On the other hand, if you can support them, please get along, buy a ticket and keep supporting live shows as now, more than ever, the arts needs your support if we have any hopes of coming out of this shitstorm alive. Perhaps now's a good time to give you a language warning. (laughs) Sorry about that, it just slipped out. I don't actually think there is any more swearing in this podcast, so if you survived that little slip up, you're probably okay from here on in. In this episode, we continue our talks about Ches' career in the arts. We share some more of Ches's fantastic original music from her album Of Forest, which you can purchase at chezdunford.bandcamp.com. And we chat about upskilling during the pandemic, the importance of human connection, working with young people with special needs, finding creative ways of processing grief, and working with international NGO performers without borders, which is where this part of the interview starts. Before I take you back, though, I would like to share with you another of my personal favourites from Ches's album. The track is called Betsy Williams' Brisk Young Lover and is a traditional song about staying strong as a young woman with a big heart. <laughs>
1: see, Williams is my name. Oh, I brought myself unto grief and shame by loving a young man who never loved me. It's sorrow now that I plainly see. Yonder town where my true love goes and sits in. I wish but it's all in vain I wish I was a maid again But a maid again I'll never be Till the apple grows on the orange tree There's a bird over in yonder tree. Some say that he is blind and he cannot see. I wish he had been so by me when first I kept my love. Company.
0: You were listening to Betsy Williams by Chez Dunford, which has Chez playing accordion as well as singing on the track. Now, let's head back to the interview. So,
2: also in and around that time, I was dressed, I think it was a Mr. Toadie gig at Llama Tree Festival, and I was driving the Toadie Toad Hall car, and I saw this lovely circus scene of... Um, like people spinning plates and juggling and stilt walking and smiling and hula hooping. I thought, oh, that looks nice. And I had heard this lady call out, come back and talk to us later. And I thought, yeah, I'll go back and talk to them later. And it turned out to be a performance Without Borders stand. And they were doing workshops for children and talking about the international development work that they recruit volunteers for. So that was the first time I heard about Performance Without Borders. And in the past six years I've done let me count. Like nine tours.
0: Nine tours with Performers Without Borders. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Performance Without Borders is? And then tell us a bit about the nine places that you've been to do tours for them?
2: So Performance Without Borders is a social circus. Charity And the idea is we take performance and use circus and performance skills as a tool for community development. So working with um, vulnerable and disadvantaged young people around the globe. I did my first tour in India.
0: How long did that go for?
2: That was a six month tour. Wow. And then I tour led that the year... After or the year after, the year after. So I did two tours in India and then I did a tour in Kenya, and that was where I met Jess Herman. And we then set up the tour that now goes to Calais and Dunkirk. So we've been two times a year for the past three years.
0: And that's to go to the refugee camps in Calais and Dunkirk. Exactly.
2: So the first time I went to the refugee camps like there was actually with an invisible youth crew from who I'd met working at Felix Road Adventure Playground in Bristol and they said they were going out and did I want to join them so the first time I went was That's with Abby Hill and Kate Kate and Abby yeah brilliant and Rogine um, yes and lovely Zebra and we were out there maybe for five days or something. And, I mean, it's quite a sea... Well, then it was, it was, there was the big jungle that since has been burnt down.
0: Can you tell us about that? It was burnt down by the authorities, wasn't it?
2: I think there's lots of controversy over what actually happened. And they, right. don't, they don't think we'll ever know fully what happened but yeah it seemed very convenient that it happened at that time um convenient for the authorities you mean
0: yeah yeah it's terrifying what they're doing to refugees and people that are displaced because of being stuck in water on countries
2: yeah it's disgusting how people how the authorities treat displaced people and i think that's why i feel a really strong call to go and work with families who are displaced because they've experienced such high levels of trauma already that um, having a warm, smiley reception is sometimes the hope that you can give somebody to continue their journey to safety.
0: Yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about your experiences? Um, Maybe you could just share with us a little bit about what that process means to you, or how uh, how it comes about when you're there. What what you do and
2: yeah, so it, it connects back to something I was saying earlier about building confidence for and with people. So I think that's really important among children, especially who have experienced trauma. Often what happens, a result of that is an in, inward turning. So, and that's to protect oneself. So I think that's, that's a really normal human reaction to have. And what performing arts can offer is, is a way of playing out some of those traumas in a held safe container. So that's what we do as part of our work is is workshops with young people to connect so they can connect with themselves so they can play out what's going on for them and it's not about doing deep therapy work it's about being present in a moment with a family or a group of families or a group of children so that they can play whatever needs to be played
0: how do you find The response from the from the communities that you're working
2: with has been in general people love it it has been like so people are so grateful that you are there um I think particularly in everywhere we've had some incredible warm welcomes and you know it's what what relentlessly surprises me is it's those who have the least they're the most generous so I being in in Kenya and it's like please come to my home for tea and it's like that people just want to say thank you for entertaining their children and teaching them how to do a handstand or sing a song or do a Diablo trick so there's that that side of it but also In the camps in Cali, I think people that are trapped, not trapped. um, People's freedom of movement is really limited. So to have people arrive and offer you interaction, it's about having something in a day that's different to it just becoming a mundane, same, same every day. Um, Yes. So it's about bringing a little bit of, gentle joy um, and meeting people where they are so it's not about oh we're going to bring a big circus and just plop that in the middle of this place whether you like it or not it's like we work with partner organizations who know the communities of people so it's really about seeing where people are at and then we respond with an appropriate level of what people need whether it's they might want a big fire show with live music that might be perfect they might want just some gentle ball games or they might want to learn a song or they might not want you to be there at all in which case you just don't go so it's about respecting where people are at and working with our partner organizations who are brilliant especially in Cali and Dunkirk we work with the Refugee Youth Service and we work with Project Play and they know they know most of the people that uh, in and out and yes there's lots of people still arriving and um yeah so it's about how to offer what we do in a safe way
0: yeah and offer people like you said uh, a vision of hope yeah. and actually that kind of brings us really beautifully on to your next track which is called hope yeah what's the story behind the writing of hope
2: yeah so I wrote it on um on the boat on the way back from one of the calais project with performance without borders and for me like i i don't actively write songs they 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 arrive on on an emotion or a feeling or on the wind i don't know off the back of the boat and it was um i think for me it's about it's a way of processing what i've experienced so that it's not stored somewhere it's a way of expressing so I wrote I wrote hope as a way of reminding myself and other people that we we do have hope and even in what feels like a hopeless situation if you feel hopeless then you play out hopeless so if you can instill some level of or some seed of, of um, possibility who knows what can grow from that so this song is really about instilling a sense of possibility
0: lovely okay let's listen to hope
1: from here You're so
0: So sad and so achingly beautiful Ches what an absolutely gorgeous piece of music thank you
2: thank you I suppose it's it feels reminiscent of or relevant to where we're all at now with like what where will we go and I suppose we've never known what's gonna happen next but we've all had this belief that at least there's some sense of what might happen, but it really feels like anything could happen. And I think it's about how how can we be on the side of the scale of, um, wow, the possibilities of what might happen rather than I'm overwhelmed, I can't do anything. And I think I play between those both of those sides. Of course, I think that's human. But I wonder how to keep encouraged and encouraging that we, of course, we can get through this. We've done harder and worse things before. And yeah, it's like it's a new game that we're playing.
0: Yeah, that's a really positive way to look at how to negotiate the things, because obviously we're all tend to be supporting a lot of friends that are going through ups and downs and highs and lows. And then, and like you said, there are those moments where it just feels too hard and you don't know what to do. And then another friend or colleagues will come and bring you back up again. And then you're able to give that energy back because being artists, we're particularly vulnerable at the moment within the framework of what's happening.
2: And I think as artists, we're also particularly sensitive
0: that's true that's
2: why we do what we do because we really feel and we really hear and we really do so it's yeah it's sort of how it feels more um extreme those those cycles of emotion but that's exactly what you say is someone will be there to support you and you'll be there to support somebody else and that that's connection and that's what we we need I had a really interesting thing. Um, I did a trauma first aid course as during lockdown, lockdown, which was really fascinating going into like the science of what happens chemically when, when we're in trauma. And they were saying that what, what we need is social contact, and the language that's being used around social distancing is really misleading, because we need perhaps a level of physical distancing but we need we need social contact.
0: Yes it's a really important distinction actually because the pushing of the word social distancing is very isolating actually isn't it?
2: Yeah we need to reach out to our friends and colleagues and especially the ones that are more quiet and you're like oh it's like sometimes no news is good news but sometimes it's like just give people a message or a text or a I don't know, knock on their door. Yeah. Jam sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) With a socially distanced jam sandwich. (laughs) Exactly. Leave it on
0: the front steps for a couple of days. (laughs) Yeah, feed the foxes. But yeah, no, you're right. And... um... It's important to remember that we are all in this together and that those little conversations, those little pick up the phone, drop someone a text, they actually mean a real lot to people. They can change people's entire outlook at that time. It's really important to keep connecting with all of our community.
2: Yeah. And also, it's important that you don't do that before looking after yourself first yes
0: yes that's right if your energies are depleted then
2: sometimes it's okay just to go lie down
0: yeah yes <laughs> something you and I aren't very good at chess
2: no not as people that are like what's next can we do more <laughs> that's right like, well I'll, I'll rest now but I'll do all my admin whilst I'm resting
0: I'm very guilty of that <laughs> oh i'm not really doing anything i'm just looking at my computer screen for another three hours yeah. <laughs> so after the performers without borders work that you've done which is just fascinating and incredible and in a nutshell what have you done since
2: 2013 14 15? gosh um so i worked with some disability centers on one of the performers without borders schools and i was really like i love this work how can I do more of this in the UK? And I saw a call out from a lush company called Everybody Dance, which is an inclusive dance company based in Herefordshire. And I did a, an audition for them. And I ended up living and working with them for two seasons. And we made two shows. Wow. all of the... Um, special needs schools in the UK over a series of residencies and we had um, this sort of 10 meter dome rig that I did things on that that I probably wouldn't be brave enough to do now (laughs) Such as? Such as, oh, yeah, I'll sit on the top of the rig and play my accordion whilst the audience arrive and then just carabiner it on to the side. It's fine. Oh, yeah, then I'll climb out underneath it, wrap into a silk and do a drop down. Very scary. But also very live-making.
0: I'm very proud of you <laughs> as your silks teacher.
2: <laughs> so that was a really lovely show called um, The Kingfisher. And the... the the company loved talking about nature and how to use performance as a way of educating young people into characters, so we were sort of sort of demonstrating the life cycle of kingfishers and damselflies, and in the end, one of the damselflies gets eaten by the kingfisher and oh, that's that's what happens that's nature that's nature um, and. Yeah, so music was also at the heart of that piece of work, as a, another circus music thread. Live music, some live music and some pre-recorded. Uh huh. So we were three performers doing aerial dance, and that was directed by Rachel Freeman, who's an incredible facilitator with young people with special needs, a lot of like high-level physical needs. So we were using slings and harnesses in getting young people out of their wheelchairs and like feeling freedom in this, in this equipment. And she's, I learned a lot working with, with, with Rachel Freeman because she's super experienced and confident with supporting young people to feel free. Wow. Fantastic. Um, so what else has happened? And then I, became associate artist with Wildwood Arts. And we toured um, a brass band show around the forest of Dean. Um, And I got to conduct a whole brass band and they thought I was a conductor, but I was like, "Uh, yeah, I'm a conductor, but I'm also an acting conducting, (laughs) which is brilliant fun. So that was based on the sort of the true heritage of Um, one of the brass bands in the Forest of Dean so that was a nice connecting back with my homelands
0: and so you're from Forest of Dean originally
2: yes so I grew up in the Forest of Dean my dad's from Barton Hill all right so there's also um lots of Bristol connections too but yeah my heart definitely feels like it's in the trees in the forest so then I've carried on working with Wildwood and we created a project that's I've been lead artist on called grief notes and it's inspired by my own bereavement as a young child and wanting to offer something back to young people who have experienced uh, the death of a parent or close family member.
0: You lost a, you lost a parent at a young age.
2: Yes. And my mum, she died when I was eight and So I've been doing lots of processing around that um, in recent time. And part of that was making this artistic project that was working with a group of young people. And we made a performance that we managed to do just before lockdown. Um, Wow. Yeah. So I worked with them since I think it was maybe over, over nine months and built up trust to the point where we devised a show together, and I performed with four young people a story about death and dying and life and living. Amazing! Is there
0: any is there any footage online that we can access to have a look at that? Yeah,
2: yeah. There's um, if you go onto wildwoodarts.org.uk and look up grief notes, there's um, photos and videos of the performance and process.
0: Fabulous and I'll pop a little um, link to all of the companies and this work that you've been mentioning throughout the podcast. Yeah
2: it feels like that's the sort of project that we, we we're going to need more grief processing like and it doesn't have to be um, somebody that's died I think we're all grieving now for what life was like six months ago so I think um, it would be wonderful to continue offering space for people to do some creative grief processing. Yeah, definitely. Collaboratively and productively and playfully and in a supported way so that we don't all feel isolated and lonely and overwhelmed by how much change has happened. Yeah, but I think we need to acknowledge it. We do need to acknowledge these things are happening and how, how can we um, usefully respond.
0: Yeah, support people um, yeah. creatively to unpack the grief. It's really, really good work. Amazing work.
2: Yeah. So that sort of brings us up to... Current time,
0: and I, th- and I think um, you also went on a European exchange that was headed by myself and the Invisible Circus. Yes, yeah. where did you go? Spain, yeah, that's right, and um, Sotichera.
2: Oh, it was so lush to do the Erasmus project, and it, it, it was a great use of um, circus and music. So we did percussion and juggling, which. You know, it's sort of like just so obvious. Of course, there's rhythm in circus. And yeah, it was a really wonderful, fun workshop and a great opportunity to meet people from lots of different um, countries that facilitate all sorts of groups and make all sorts of performance.
0: Yeah, so in a nutshell, the project is just for our listeners teaching circus teachers to teach circus. We were working with seven countries over, we did actually four two-year projects, and I think you were part of potentially the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and so four two-year projects where we send two artists from each of the seven countries to one of those seven countries to work together for a week, developing skills or learning in different circus disciplines and actually the the beautiful thing about the spanish project in valencia is that at the end of it the chaotic circus uh happens in a neighboring village up in the mountains called sota and we go away for a weekend together create loads of amazing live shows and live music and spend a weekend with 50 artists on a mountain in the hills in spain what's not to like (laughs)
2: such a treat to collaborate and So I worked with the group of young people and we presented their performance that we'd been devising, I think, as the opening ceremony.
0: That's right, for the Chaotic Circus, yes. So during the week in Spain, in Valencia, you worked with a group of young people with percussion and juggling Mm -hmm. and then developed a little piece where they got to perform as a part of the Chaotic Circus Festival.
2: Exactly. And then the next day I offered them, I shared some accordion music that was translated by a wonderful musician who I think is also based in Bristol called Elio, and so he was there translating these story songs and I had a little group of kids listening to these forest bean songs in the mountains in Spain. Fantastic!
0: I absolutely love it, oh, so good
2: um i've I've got a
0: couple of little questions to segue in before we get to the end of this podcast obviously the name of our podcast is a monkey on your back which usually refers to addiction often to drug addiction so gracie and i have this theory that circus artists or performance artists are addicted to their craft and so that's why we decided to name the podcast a monkey on your back is there a defining moment that you think was the monkey on your back to why you became an artist
2: Yeah, and I think it was around the time when my mum was poorly, as a very, very, very young child, I remember thinking, oh, well, I, I, can, um, I can do some tap dancing on a tray, and that, that will uh, distract everybody in a way that makes people laugh and smile. <laughs> and I think it's that classic clown energy, of, like, if you do something and people like it, you do it again. <laughs> So I think I, it, it's, in, it's in my sort of makeup from being very small.
0: That's so gorgeous. What a beautiful story.
2: <laughs> so
0: there's another quote, which is, a professional has failed more times than an amateur has ever tried. Can you share with us some spectacular failings that you've had on
2: stage? Oh, that's a good one. Failings on stage. Ooh.
0: We can elaborate on that and say failings in your career.
2: Ooh. Well, I suppose as a freelancer, you apply for 20 projects and you might hear back from two and you might not get either. <laughs> so I think there's something about resilience that is really crucial in. Um, managing rejection I suppose that's what it is. So I think the for me failing is where learning happens and those difficult conversations that you have you happen to have casually in the toilet in the middle of rehearsals where you're like oh god maybe I am awful to work with and instead of it being like I'll never do this again it's like well how what how can I learn from this um so yeah, that's happened with, with companies where I've not enjoyed working with them or they've not enjoyed working with me. And I suppose the, the failing is that you learn how to communicate more efficiently or more effectively when you work with them again. And that's part of a process of learning how your colleagues communicate and how you communicate. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and have you ever had a moment on stage that has just absolutely bottomed
2: out yeah probably (laughs) they've all sort of merged into one yeah I often have um when I'm stressed about something I often have total blanks but I don't I I'm cool with that because I'll just make something up but it's when you're doing something that's a scripted piece that then you throw somebody else off their lines. And if they're not as happy with improvising, when you get off stage, you sort of have a little tug on your arm and you're like, what, what was that? <laughs> sure, that's happened.
0: <laughs> it's hard when it affects another artist.
2: Yeah. And also you don't want to put people in the shit. You want to, like, be supportive. But if you're having a blank moment... But often like if they're people that you have worked with a lot, they see that in your eyes and they'll feed you a line. Or... So often it's when I'm working with scripted and text work. That's when I have a failing because my brain doesn't um, remember lines in like a particular order. And I think that's why I love doing improvisation, because you can play out those moments and it's part of it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how different people are drawn to those different mediums, isn't it? Because for me, I tend to prefer working with very scripted and rehearsed pieces of work. I haven't spent a whole lot of my career developing improvisational skills, although I have done some work. Probably should do more, really. <laughs> Get better at it. Doing it now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah.
0: right.
2: It's different. Um, it's different forms of working, and I think there's there's forms that we we naturally sit in and that feel really sort of um, comfortable. comfortable. And I think it's really good to challenge the aspects that you're less comfortable in because that's where you'll have more failings and that's where you'll have more learnings. Definitely.
0: Very important to actually be able to be comfortable with failings on stage and things like that. You know, when something goes wrong in live performance, you have to think quickly. And it's really, really fantastic to have all those tools in your box.
2: That's why I love doing Clown and Fool is like, that's a gift. When there's a failing, it's a total gift. Yeah. we are like, great, it's something live and it's real and I can play with it.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we've got one more track to play of the list of music that you've developed for your album of Forest.
2: So this is a track called Oak and Silver. And for me, it's a, it's a call to action and it's a call to um, recognizing that we're part of a big picture, and we do matter, and we are significant, and we do need to look after each other, and we do need to look after the land. And it's pretty simple. So, yeah, it's sort of a call to action.
0: Brilliant. Here's Oak and Silver.
1: Bye, Chez. Silver birch, dance the last dance over this pub, biting floors and earth life, a world with space and time alike. Leave me, leave me, let the growth be from the ground. Leave me, leave me, the sun to shake her sound. of this land to care and look and love for bread trees surrender your knees to ground to way up above oh, oh, oh. and sing me sing me the sound of the wind in the trees sing me sing me in harmony we must believe Arise and speak out, speak out the way of the land is true. Speak out, speak out, don't sit and mourn in blue. The sun will rise and set as moon. Come. The hope In the darkness There's a light In doubt Inward we go to find your own little bit of joy and find your own sweet way of spreading it around
0: That's an excellent way to end the podcast, I think. On a nice, happy call to arms, good tune, nice work. Yeah. Thank you, Chez.
2: And you should all come to the Beyond the Ridiculous show on the temp. How do we access that? Yeah, so go to um, www.thewardrobe.com.
0: wardrobetheater.com. Let me just check. So we're talking about the next Beyond the Ridiculous online performance, which is happening on the 10th of
2: October. Now. today get your tickets it's happening now it's a ticketed online performance you can get your ticket from the wardrobe Um and it's a show called the new normal and um, you can get your tickets through their website then you can be sent a zoom link on the day of the performance
0: great and so the show is happening on the 10th of october at what time
2: eight o'clock in the evening and we're doing a sliding scale of ticket prices from five to ten pounds no one will be turned away so yeah get in touch if that's a barrier
0: get in touch please support live art that's happening at the moment um whether it's online streams or not because artists at this time are really struggling to make the money to support themselves and not getting a particularly good run from the government at the moment so please 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 do get along it's really beneficial useful have a laugh see some live improvisation i'll always feels a bit weird to call it live when it's online but it's it is live it is happening live
2: online improvisation
0: in real time it will be happening on your screen in real time and you get to share a good laugh and support some artists who are doing some really really valuable work here in Bristol.
2: Sometimes it's um sometimes it's not funny as well so it's um you might also share laughter but also you might share some tears
0: there you go so it could be a nice mixed bag get along beyond the ridiculous wardrobe theatre.com to get your tickets and the show is on the 10th of october at 8 pm uk time Chez, thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you I haven't seen you very much in the last little while but um yeah it's really really nice touch base and thank you once again so much for your time I look Thank forward to you. the time I can actually get together with you and give you a real hug.
2: Thank you to you, Rada. Thank you to all the listeners. And power to monkey on your back.
0: Yay. Lots of love, Chez. Bye, love. Over and out. So, as it turns out, today is the 10th of October, so yes indeed, Beyond the ridiculous' online live stream of their show, The New Normal, is tonight at 8pm UK time. There is still a bit of time to get your tickets at thewardrobetheatre.com. It will be streamed live across the globe of course, so wherever you are in the world, so long as you can tune in at 8pm tonight, UK time, you can watch the show too. Please do show your support for artists and buy tickets to shows, or music, or visual art, or whatever it is you can do to help keep the arts alive in these times. It is pretty tough out there right now. A little reminder also that Circus Montini are up on the downs in Bristol with an extended season now on until the 18th of October 2020. Get your tickets and treat yourself to one of the few live shows that are currently still available right now. This podcast is also an independent arts project, a collaboration between myself, Miss Radida, and the amazing Gracie B. If you would like to support us, please head over to ko-fi.com slash monkeybusiness, that is coffee.com slash monkeybusiness, and buy us a coffee or two. We're raising funds to continue improving our podcasting so we can continue to bring you more fascinating stories from the arts world. You can also support us by liking our Facebook page and following us on Instagram at a monkey on your back. Also, please give us a rating on Facebook and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This will only take you a minute, but it is of huge benefit to us that it helps to get our stories out to a wider audience. And of course, tell all your friends and give us a little shout out on your own socials. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miss Rallida. You've been listening to episode 12 of a monkey on your back circus and music podcast. Go forth, make art, support artists, and may all your days be circus days. Bye for now.